Joe Biden takes the worst possible military option in Afghanistan. Donald Trump is back on the big stage with common sense and laughter. Truth and intelligence become so rare that it's now for sale. You're now listening to the largest and fastest growing Republican podcast in Rhode Island. This is Rhode Island Reds, the podcast. It has to be one of my all-time favorite songs. I forgot about that song for a while. And what's going on in the news recently? I was just like thinking of the intro song. You know, we always we love our intro songs over here at Rhode Island Reds, the podcast. And I was just like, what other song would I play? We've got a war going on. Well, an abandonment of a war, I guess you could say. Or an occupation. I wouldn't even say a war at this point in Afghanistan. Um, we'll go over some of the facts in Afghanistan in a minute, but yeah, that song is like who who doesn't love that song? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some maybe some of the warmongers out there like hate it. North Korea, you know. Kim Jong un, he hates that hates that song. But um yeah, so Joe Biden has become a walking twenty fifth amendment. For all of you that don't know what the twenty fifth amendment is, it's a removal of a president's a president's position if he uh, you know, dead or resigns or becomes incapable of performing the functions of the president. But he has completely become a walking 25th Amendment at this point. Can we all agree on that? I think we can all agree on that. So recent news, our our first part here, uh, we're going to be going over the military option in Afghanistan. Joe Biden decided to come back from his little Camp David vacation. You know, meanwhile, he's on vacation, you know, sipping margaritas and... Uh, Half of Afghanistan is being taken over, but yeah. So he decided to to oh let me get, let me get off my uh my beach chair. Fine, I'll I'll come back. So you know he hopped on the uh, helicopter, the plane, you know whatever he does. He he comes back to make a speech here on what's going on in Afghanistan. I'm on vacation, but now Afghanistan has fell to the Taliban. About seventy thousand Taliban militants took over. 300,000 of the Afghan forces. Now, they took th- they took them over after we basically pulled out of there. So we have Joe Biden overnight makes a decision to let's pull out real quick. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's just get all our military out of there, right? That's real real smart, real smart. So he tries to pull everyone out. And what do you think happens? Who fills that void? Um pretty sure we've been warned about this from military experts for the last 20 years if we pull out the void would be filled with terrorism so joe biden pulls out and who comes in who comes trenting in um yeah the the taliban comes in and 
now they're sitting in all the Afghan government buildings. They're basically saying, you know, Sharia law's back. We're back. United States is gone. And Joe Biden, you know, puts his ice cream down for a minute and comes back. This How nice. How nice. Jen Psaki, his spokesperson, has her away email up. Oh, I'll be back in 10 days. What are these people doing? So at a time of crisis, and, and we'll talk about how, how Trump at times of crisis was, he's in the crisis room, he's in the situation room, and he's just figuring out what to do here. Biden's on vacation. So he comes back and he makes his little speech um, trying to explain what happened and that this was an in- inevitable and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he obviously, of course, we all knew he would blame Trump, right? He blames Trump. We're going to play that part for you in a minute. So he blames Trump. Um, and then, you know, after the whole speech is over, which we'll talk about in a minute, he just goes right back on vacation. No, oh, no big deal. I mean, what, what is, what is going on guys? What, what, what I, 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 the, we, words can't even explain the, um, the carelessness of our president. This is disgusting. So let's play a part here when he came back from his, his, uh, ice cream vacation and blamed Trump. Um, yeah. And then we're going to play. A recent Trump speech, some parts of Trump's speech, where he actually explains what he would have done. Um, I think he had a little bit better of a plan than just, well, this is what we'll do. So here were the military options. First off, every every intel agency and military was telling him, do not leave Afghanistan. We haven't had a casualty in Afghanistan, American casualty, in a year and a half. We're basically just occupying to keep the peace. We're occupying Germany. We're occupying you know, South Korea, we have occupation all over the world. It actually helps us strategically to have our military in those places so that we can be dispatched to other places. It's it's not rocket science. So the military options were to, obviously, number one, pull out, worst option ever, just pull out immediately overnight. Um, and then, you know, keep some forces there. And there, there are plenty of options, all of which didn't involve a complete overnight pullout. Uh, they warned him this would be a disaster, and he decided, he or the powers that be, we can't really say he, but at this point, he decided to pull out. We don't know if it's, you know, Biden's a one-term president, wants to make big moves. I really doubt that any of the logical answers are the actual answer. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit later in this podcast about how we have to start reading between the lines and not believing pretty much anything. So anyway, Biden decides to pull out in this horrific fashion, and we're seeing it obviously play out in the world right now and everyone knows how horrific it is both sides left right center doesn't matter pulls out in this horrific fashion and what do you think happens i mean you 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 pull your military out first so you have civilians living in afghanistan these are a lot of contractors the civilians in afghanistan are um some are afghan americans so they have they have dual citizenship things like that so we have thousands tens of thousands of american citizens now under Taliban control. Um, this is a disgrace. This is a dire, dire emergency. Any other president, even if they didn't believe it, would be saying, we're not going to leave any any men behind, which you're not hearing that from this administration. They would say, we're going back in and we're getting every one of those guys out there. But no, they have to own this decision because he was brought with other decisions. They told him the Trump option. So the Trump option which he'll explain in the speech in the clip I'll play, was basically common sense, right? So what do you do when you have 82 whatever billion dollars worth of equipment, um, you know, armored Humvees, uh, military weapons, and technology that you don't want your enemy to have? Uh, you have all that stuff. You have all these bases. W- what do you do? Do you pull your military out of just, just the people? Do you pull them out of there and just say like, you know, wipe your hands clean and say, okay, Afghan military, uh, you can take it from here, right? And by the way, we're going to get into how horrifically trained the videos are coming out now the Afghan military was. That was a sham. We never trained them or prepared them for any type of war. Like I said, 70,000 Taliban troops took over 300,000 Afghan soldiers. And the, the Afghan president is like fleeing with millions of dollars. I mean, they are complete cowards. They left. The only reason they're fighting because they were getting paid, paid heftily by the U.S. US funds. We were paying them to basically be a paid militia. Um, and they didn't take it seriously, obviously. Once the, once the paycheck stopped, they completely abandoned Afghanistan. They could give a shit. And, I mean, I can't say that's true. There are obviously some of them that gave a shit and a lot of them that gave their lives. There's, I think, about 50,000 
Afghani people that fought and died. So let's let's not say that that isn't a big deal. Um, we thank them for their service and for being loyal to their country, unlike the others that fled. So the option here, if you are Joe Biden, and the obviously logical option, which they provided him this option, it was the Trump option. Of course, he didn't want to do it because it had Trump's name on it, probably. But the Trump option was to pull out all the equipment. Let's ship it out. Let's let's put some troops in there. We'll 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 ship a bunch of troops in. We'll ship all the stuff out. We will vacate the bases and we will bomb the bases, our own bases, when they're empty so that the Taliban cannot control them and use these fortresses to rule. Um, And then what we'll do is we'll pull our citizens out. Wouldn't you like to have our citizens and refugees, not even citizens, also refugees that are trying to escape Taliban rule, um, bring them back with us and, and, you know, keep them safe, right? That's your your first duty as a president, by the way. Number one duty, keep Americans safe. So you would pull them out, and then once they are completely gone, you would then pull your military out, right? It's the the last person out the door, just like, and, and Trump says this in his speech so perfect. He says, what does the captain of a boat do when it's sinking? Does he jump off, say, see you later? Or does he stay until everyone is off? And then, you know, and, and does his work, what he needs to do to keep people safe, and then maybe escapes or shakes, sinks with a ship, no, sh- with a ship. No, no. Joe Biden decided we'll do the opposite. We'll have the captain jump overboard and then just say, you know, hope you make it. Ah! Like, that's basically what happened here. Well, in, in actually a way more horrific fashion. But let's play the clip of Biden blaming Trump as always. When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. Yeah, so stopping the audio there real quick, and let's explain the Trump deal. The Trump deal with the Taliban was, if you touch one single American, I will obliterate you. And Joe Biden even admits there that the Trump, the troops were supposed to be out by May 1st. I don't know if he's like, doesn't know what the time, what month. I know he doesn't know what month it is, what year it is. But uh, May 1st already happened, Joe. Uh, we weren't out of Afghanistan and they still weren't killing us. The, there is an Afghan fighting season. It's, it's very odd, but they don't fight in the winter. So what we should have done is waited for the winter to do this withdrawal. If you were a military smart, militarily smart person or really anyone, maybe even, you know, a toddler, you would know that this is not what you do. So the deal with Trump went out the door when Trump left and the deal with Trump He'll explain it in his speech. I'll play a quick clip. The the deal is basically, we will crush you if you touch us. We will withdraw how we please. There was no defined, I mean, there was probably a defined date that they might have talked about, but but that is not, that was an obviously an estimation because they weren't out by then. So that is nonsense, but let's keep going here with Joe. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. So stopping it again, here we have Joe Biden again trying to blame Trump. Um, And you can't really, it's just a horrible, horrible argument because think about this. So you're basically saying Trump withdrew 13,000 American soldiers and without a glitch, without any of this stuff happening. But then when you went to remove the other two, that this is what happened. No, no, no. You, you can't really say that. And, and so now you're even admitting the Taliban was at its strongest, was at its strongest right now. And then somehow, you know, Trump was able to hold them off at their strongest, but whatever. They're at their strongest. That's when we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we won't weaken them. We won't. And, and he's acting like, okay, so you have 2,000 troops left there. And that's his excuse. Well, we didn't have enough uh, troops left, you know, to fight them and and really hold them off. Okay, do do you not own an airplane, Joe? Do we do we not have our our C-16s or whatever they are that that transport planes? Do we not have those anymore? Did 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 we get rid of those, or did the did the Taliban already confiscate them? No, 
Joe, if you needed to withdraw, you could have sent troops there. And what ended up happening here was we had about 3,000 troops. We, instead of pulling out 3,000 troops, that was Joe's deal, right? I'm pulling them out and pulling them out. Well, we had to double that number. So now 6,000 are there because of the horrific shit show that Joe Biden left behind. Let's continue with this with this sleepy Joe clown. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. There would have been no ceasefire after May 1. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. There was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement to withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat in Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, Joe, that's what you would have done if you were smart. You send thousands back. Did we ever have a problem with thousands being there for 20 years? And again, one and a half years, no American soldiers killed in Afghanistan. So why wouldn't you send them back to complete the mission? And by the way, these soldiers, these brave men and women would have been happy to go back. And now they're calling that they want to go back to save American lives. That is what we were there to do. And that is what the soldiers, the Army, Marines, Air Force, Navy, this is what they want to do. This is what they signed up for. But Joe Biden is essentially and literally killing Americans. We'll get into how he's leaving them behind. But these soldiers want those Americans out of there. That's what they signed up to do. That's what they live for. They want to save Americans, American lives. That's what this war was about. Yet we are somehow costing lives by doing this. So, yeah, Joe, that's what you should have done, dumbass. Lurching into the third decade of conflict. I stand squarely behind my decision. I stand behind my decision to put Americans at risk and leave a bunch of Afghani people to be slaughtered by the uh, Taliban. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What an idiot. What, what, the shamelessness of being, being able to say, straight-faced to the American people, I stand by this decision. Now, don't admit that you know we could have done some some things better and blah blah blah. We're gonna go. We're gonna play a little more of his speech. Um, some other parts here that are worth mentioning, and we'll get into it. Here we go. We plan for every contingency, but I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. That clip was actually a little more important than you think. I mean, so his first statement was, you know, I want to be straight. I want to be straight with you. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're you're so straight with the American people, Joe. You're you're always so, so forefront and, you know, upfront about, you know, maybe the Supreme Court packing and the gun laws. And, oh, yeah, we weren't we're not going to do this. We're not going to close down gas canceling pipelines. Oh, yeah, you, you do not lie at all, Joe. Your whole campaign was a lie. And now he wants us to believe I'm I'm straight up with you. I mean, I don't I don't mislead you or anything. Yeah. OK, Joe. So he quickly in the beginning of that clip said we did not think this would this would occur as quick quickly as this this did occur quicker than we anticipated okay quicker than we anticipated so when you read between the lines later in the episode i want to get into how we can decipher through all the bullshit and and see through these people like see right through them i see right through you joe i'm looking right through you you're as clear as glass um 
quicker than anticipated, meaning they anticipated, and he was told this, they anticipated this would happen. He was told this would happen, and they did anticipate this would happen. The thing, the thing that I'm thinking is they might not have anticipated it would happen so quick. You know, maybe the Afghans put up a fight for a couple of years or, or something to that effect, or even at least a few months. They didn't think this was going to happen in days, losing a 20-year battle in days. So I'm, I'm assuming here that they actually anticipated, because Joe, you got to remember, Joe's not good at reading the teleprompter. So sometimes he does have to speak off the cuff, which I, I do like to pick up on those little things. So they did anticipate this would happen. Um, so what were you going to do then, Joe? When this did happen uh, a year from now, two years from now, what, what now? What do we, we go back? Is it, is it just another excuse for you to for you and your warmongers to go back into war or, or, or what? If you anticipated this would happen, you'd never do it. Once again, he, he then goes on to say we shouldn't have U.S. military members fighting and dying in, in wars that Afghans don't even want to fight. Uh, once again, year and a half, no casualties. So we're, we're basically just occupying. We're, we're actually at the point where, you know, we we, we probably could have just occupied it. It was actually not a bad deal for the past year. Um, and then the, then he goes on to slander the Afghan military. I mean, there once again, there are people that fought and died for Afghanistan. And he wants to belittle them and say they didn't want to fight. No, 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 no. We claimed we prepped them and we didn't prep them. And yes, they have a cowardly, corrupt leader like you all are, every one of you, 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 elected rulers you're not elected for the people you're just elected to rule at this point um yeah so okay you're surprised that he hopped on a plane at the taliban's moving in quickly as u.s leaves you're surprised that he grabbed a bunch of cash and hopped on a plane i'm pretty sure i would have done the same thing let's see options get hung and beheaded or, or you know maybe even worse tortured before you die in the middle of the streets as an example or do you flee? Uh, the only option is flee when you can. And that's why you have right now these videos coming out of people trying to flee, holding on to our military aircrafts as they take off, dying on the tarmac, trying to grab onto wheels. One Afghan, um, I think he might have been an Afghan-American, actually, he died in the wheel well. He was crushed in the wheel well. They found his body when they landed. Um, there was another two, you see these, this picture of the plane taking off and these two dots falling thousands of feet to their death. Think about that, put that into perspective and, and say a little prayer and thank God you won the ultimate lottery of this world and being born in the USA and think of what's going on and what's going to happen in these, in these people's lives now with Taliban rule. We are sitting here in our cushy little lives as Afghan women who have, who were when we came into this war 20 years ago we basically set up democracy within a couple of years and we set up this this americanized type of area in afghanistan so you have women that grew up they didn't grow up under the taliban under sharia law they're now 20 years old imagine this imagine you were born while the war was going on everything was gravy for 18 20 years of your life you know what whatever, whatever the age they are some are 16 you know whatever whatever the age is and now all of a sudden you're ruled by the Taliban. Could you imagine being wh wherever you are, Coventry, Rhode Island, right? And uh, here comes the Taliban. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Women can't show their face anymore. Women can't um, go to school anymore. In fact, they're actually going to be pretty much our sex slaves. These are women that never, ever in their lives had to live under this. And now they have to be absolutely, I mean, killed first off they're going around door to door killing people that worked with the usa because you have papers you gotta understand you have papers that you worked with the usa and that's how you get out of there your papers are the only thing that get you on that plane out of there so they have to keep those papers so the taliban is coming in looking for those papers and you can't really i mean they're gonna find them but you can't just light them on fire you probably have to if you're gonna get killed but those people have those papers they're trying to show those papers to taliban which they're claiming oh the government's trying to say Joe Biden and his White House staff are saying, oh, no, we have a deal with them to let, let Americans through. No, no, no. You, you watch the videos. They're shooting guns at people trying to flee at the Cabal airport. They are killing people. We have tens of thousands of Americans now left behind, Americans and refugees left behind because of this horrible, horrible, horrible decision. And it could have been done easier. And let's let's 
let's skip ahead. I'm going to try to see if I can find any more clips of Biden's speech that that are worth playing. I mean, nothing that comes out of that guy's mouth is worth hearing. But we'll try to play some more clips, and then I'm, I'm going to play Trump's speech. This was last night, um, the 21st in Alabama. He was out there at a rally, you know, speaking up for some of the Republican candidates that are up for Senate seats and things like that. Oh, and I completely forgot about this part of Biden's speech. I had I have to play this for you. Um, he basically says that China and Russia would like nothing more than us to stay in Afghanistan. What a joke. So now we actually have China working with the Taliban. Let's play this clip and let me explain something. <laughs> Because it's, it's like they can just say anything and, and the American people will believe it or not look into it. So just remember, these people can say anything because people are so uneducated on the topics that they'll be like, oh, well, that's that sounds reasonable. Yeah, we, I mean, China would like us in there spending all our money in Russia. Oh, yes, Russia. Yes, Russia would like nothing more than that. Yeah, right. Russia and China would love the strategic, uh, you know, positioning that Afghanistan would bring them. Are you kidding me? So here we go. And our true strategic competitors, China and Russia, would love nothing more than the United States to continue to funnel billions of dollars in resources and attention into stabilizing Afghanistan indefinitely. So China is loving this. They're already meeting with the Taliban, legitimizing the Taliban by meeting with them. And you got to remember, in, in Syria and all, all these areas, Russia is very involved. Um they would they would love to remain i mean it, it's tough the uh soviet union did collapse after russia got involved with afghanistan that was one of the key factors so it it is it is a little scary the fact that russia got beat by these guerrillas and the same with the united states make no mistake here the, the taliban looks at this as a one war they have the time and we have the watches do you remember that statement by them so so that that phrase is basically they have all the time in the world they've been fighting these wars for thousands of years and we have all the the glitzy watches you know they have the time okay now they defeated russia um they this is a defeat this is this is by and large a defeat and that's the way they look at it right now over the us embassy the taliban flag is flying that is called a defeat they waited us out, they won this war, and they got back what they believe is rightfully theirs. And now people will live in a Sharia law state. They will be terrorized their whole lives. They will be threatened. Um, you've got videos of translators that work with them getting their fingers chopped off. I mean, these people are brutal monsters, violent monsters. There's no other way to describe them. And Joe Biden just handed over the... Uh, 30-some-odd million Afghanistan citizens over to them. Hey, good luck. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and, and these are the people, by the way, that, oh, we care about women's rights. Yes, yes, hashtag me too. So many hashtags. I'll hashtag, but I won't do shit about it. I, I have the power to do something, and I'm and I'm over here virtue signaling to the world. Oh, women's rights and blah, 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 Cuomo, such an animal. These women are going to be getting raped in Afghanistan. Just Just so you all know what goes down over there. They marry six-year-old girls in Afghanistan. This is horrific stuff. And they're going to keep virtual signaling as if they have the moral high ground to even speak anything on women's rights when they just basically sold over millions and millions of women to the Taliban. When it was easily, easily, easily preventable. So it, it begs the question, what else is at play here? And there is there are other things at play. We'll like to get into it in a little bit, but there are other there are other things at play. Now, going back to the beginning of Joe's bullshit speech, he did mention that he was he's blaming it on Trump. Blaming it on Trump, right? So let's play Trump Trump's clip from the other night in Alabama. You never move the military first. You move the military last. We had total control militarily. They would have never come in. We could have kept them there for a long time, but 21 years, we want to bring them home. But we want to bring them home with dignity. You know, very soon, we're going to have September 11th, and you're going to have, because of Biden, the Taliban flag flying over our embassy, flying over our facilities. So, 
That was not even a possibility that a thing like that could happen. We decimated ISIS. You remember that, ISIS. We had a great, great success. When I took over, ISIS was all over the place. And in a short period of time, we killed its leader and founder, al-Baghdadi. We eliminated the senior ranks of al-Qaeda, and we terminated the world's top terrorist in Soleimani, who killed a lot of American soldiers and a lot of other people, too. And they knew we weren't playing games. They understood that right from the beginning. This proven record of America's strength laid the groundwork to safely and responsibly bring our troops back home. Nobody was going to mess with us. And then this clown, they rigged the whole damn deal, and he got in office, and now, now they're taking advantage of us. And remember this, this isn't stopping. This is going to go on for a long time. This is going to go on for a long time. Thank you very much. So we had a deal where we were going to get out with great honor, and they weren't going to play games. And we had to meld it in with the government, but I've never been a big fan of Ghani. I always said he was a total crook. I've said it for years. It turned out he was a crook. He was a crook, and he left. He fled. He fled with a lot of cash. What we've done, how we got into that mess is just amazing. But we could have gotten out with honor, and we should have gotten out with honor. And instead, we got out with the exact opposite of honor. Since my administration began negotiating a peace deal last year, somebody said, oh, he's dealing with the Taliban. Who the hell else am I supposed to deal with? <laughs> deal with the people that ran or the people that were highly paid. You know, we paid the soldiers. They were among the highest paid soldiers in the world. I remember a certain highly overrated general came to my office. Sir, they're fighting for their lives. They're fighting for their country. I said, no, general. They're paid more than any soldier in the world. And when that payment stops, they're gone. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. But since my administration began the negotiations on the peace deal last year, not a single American service member has been killed in combat in Afghanistan. It's over 18 months now, 18 months. And you know why that is? Not because the Taliban aren't great fighters, because they are great fighters. All you have to do is ask Russia, which used to be called the Soviet Union. And because of Afghanistan, it's now Russia, much smaller version of what it was because of Afghanistan. They went bust, spending so many years and so much money and not winning in Afghanistan. But all of that money they spent, all of the lives they lost, same thing. But all you have to do is ask Russia, what do you think? Now I hear they're going back in, not so fast. Everybody that's gone in hasn't been so good. And you know what? We have to go in, and we should go in when it's right. And we now may have to be forced to go in because this person that is running our country made a horrific decision of taking all of our powerful military out. We may be forced to go in. And we may not be forced, but we may be forced to go in. And if you're not prepared to go in, you're never going to see those 45,000 people again. That I can tell you. If they don't think you're prepared to go in, you're never going to see again, whether it's 10 or 45,000 people. You'll never see them again. All Joe Biden had to do was follow our plan. It's like the border. All he had to do was go to the beach. He didn't have to do anything. We had the tightest, most secure border. We built almost 500 miles of wall. He could have finished it in one month. Instead, he's paying billions of dollars not to finish it. And I would have had it much earlier, but I got sued by the Democrats in Congress so much. Took two and a half years for me to win the lawsuits. After we won all the lawsuits, we built it at a rapid pace. It was just about finished. Helped us great. We set records, records at the border. All he had to do was go to the beach. Same thing here. All he had to do was follow our plan. Now, it was conditional. So if they don't follow it, then we start blasting them again. They didn't want to be blasted. They were tired of being blasted. They were tired. You know, they're tough. Everybody's tough. But you know what? We're tougher. 
He just said it. But nobody would know it. Nobody would know it. When you look at what's happening, nobody would know it. But we're tougher. I'd like to explain that to Abdul and to everybody else. We're much tougher. Please remember that. It's hard for them to understand that now after watching this. Think of that. The soldiers have left. I could just see this. The leadership of the Taliban standing there. Somebody walking up. Sir, the soldiers have left Afghanistan. He goes, what? The soldiers have left. And they've left all of their citizens behind. And they've left $83 billion worth of equipment behind, including brand new Apache helicopters, thousands of Humvee vehicles with armor guard, equipment that nobody has ever even seen before. It was so sophisticated and good. So can you imagine these guys, Abdul and his friends, sitting there, that the United States soldiers our military has left. They walked in. They walked in. And they took everything. It's crazy. It's crazy. I've never seen, I've never seen anything so stupid in my life. Now, this next part is freaking hilarious. So, you know Trump at his rallies and how he can get the crowd laughing. Now... Trump tells this hilarious story about kind of like what he would have done in Afghanistan and asking someone about like what they would have done just to see, to gauge someone's perspective. You'll, you'll, I won't give it away, but someone's perspective versus Joe Biden. And I, my mic is going to be muted, but I was dying laughing last night when I watched this rally, this speech. Oh my God. I, I, he, <laughs> He's telling someone, you know, he always says this, like the the people in his team are like, don't say that, sir. Please don't say it. Don't say it. The media will not like it. Don't say it. And you know him. He's like, well, I'm going to say it anyway. Just like uh, what was it they told him not to say back on his campaign trail where he said something like uh, I'd lock her up or, or whatever with Hillary Clinton and all that other stuff. He said like they kept telling him not to say, but this part is freaking hilarious. Pay attention here. Don't say it, sir. It's not good. I asked yesterday, I was with a group of people, and there was a five-year-old child. And I explained the situation to the five-year-old child. They said, no, you shouldn't do that, sir, because the press won't like it. I said, that's okay. I don't mind. The press doesn't like anything I do. They actually do like it, but they'll never say it, okay? But I... I asked the child, so what would you do after describing? Would you leave the military until everything's out, including the civilians and all of that incredible military equipment? Or would you have the military go out first? Sir, I'd leave the military in. He was five. He said, I'd leave the military in. Get everything out first. I said, thank you very much. But they didn't want me to tell that story. They thought it was not an appropriate story, but it's true. This is a five-year-old kid, five or six-year-old kid. And this is what we're stuck with. I mean, could you believe this five-year-old kid? He's smarter than Biden. <laughs> like, what? It's good old classic Trump comparing Biden to a five-year-old in perfect fashion, literally getting the exact point and i don't even doubt that that story actually happened like i could picture trump literally talking to a five-year-old and being like so what do you think you would do and just what a perfect way to describe how incompetent biden is what a, what's perfect perfect he, he's a genius the man is a genius and i'd rather have a genius running my country than some old uh geriatric uh 70 what is he 78 year old idiot but yeah now he's going to go on to explain the deal between the taliban that biden said uh, that he had and you know obviously didn't put into perspective at all so here you go but when biden took office he foolishly tore up our really good plan again not a plan it's conditions we do this we do this we do this if you don't do these things we're not going to do it and then we start dropping bombs all over the place and they say you know what we're going to do it we've decided to do it now we had a good understanding they always hate it remember when i came in obama said the worst problem we have is north korea kim jong-un 
I said, what's the problem? He said, I think you're going to go to war with North Korea. I said, have you ever called him? No. Actually, he called him 14 times and was not responded to. But he told me no, but that wasn't truthful. I said, it would be good to talk to him, wouldn't you? You know, rather than nuclear war, wouldn't it be nice? Anyway, through a series of events, I did talk to him. And it was nasty at the beginning, remember? He said, we have a red button on my desk. And I said, I have a much bigger red button. And my red button works, and yours doesn't. And anyway, it was very nasty. And then all of a sudden, it became a love fest. It became great, right? And I went to North Korea, went to South Korea, went across the line. We got along great. There was no nuclear catastrophe. But you got to be careful, because he does not respect Joe Biden. And he does not respect any longer America. The issue here is not about whether to leave Afghanistan. The issue is Joe Biden's staggering incompetence and gross negligence. He doesn't know where the hell he is. You think he's running the government? He's not running the government. <laughs> Creating the greatest strategic humiliation that we've ever seen as a country. And it was something that we should have stopped. And the generals should have done something. They should have done something. They should have talked to him and said, look, Commander-in-Chief, but you just couldn't have done that. If he had evacuated, if he just moved the people out, he should have done it, and he should have done it first. He had to have done it first. You know, sometimes in life, decisions are made. And when those decisions are made, if they're bad decisions, you've got to get away from them. And you've got to get away from them fast. And if you don't get away from them, you're not going to have a country anymore. You know, I said about elections, if we don't have great elections, if we don't have borders, if we don't have the things that are being taken away from us, we're not going to have a country anymore. And certainly, we're not going to have a respected country anymore. With me in office, the Taliban would not have ever dreamt of capturing our airfield or parading around with our American weapons. Did you see all those guns they have? Who recognized those guns? Because they're the same guns you had. We made them. There would have been no emergency embassy evacuation and no taking down of our flag. They took down our flag because we would have established clear lines that the Taliban would have never dared to cross. The problem with Biden is that our enemies are not afraid of him. They don't respect him. Our adversaries and our allies no longer trust him. They can't trust him any longer. Remember, he went back and he went to Europe, and they didn't know what the hell was going on. And he, they said, we're back. We're back. In other words, we're back. Now you can continue to take advantage of us. Our military is being given to the enemy. Biden failed totally on the pandemic, and he's now overseeing the greatest foreign policy humiliation in the history of the United States of America. This is the greatest humiliation I've ever seen. Biden's botched exit in Afghanistan is the most astonishing display of gross incompetence by a nation's leader, perhaps at any time that anybody's ever seen. Name another situation like this. Vietnam looks like a masterclass in strategy compared to Joe Biden's catastrophe. And it didn't have to happen. All he had to do is leave the soldiers there until everything's out, our citizens, our weapons. Then you bomb the hell out of the bases. We have five bases. And you say, bye-bye. You say, bye-bye. The scene of those big, giant planes taking off with people hanging on the sides and falling off. There'll never be anything like that. That's worse than the helicopters. You remember the helicopters taking off the roofs? This blows it away. Not even a contest. This will go down as one of the great military defeats of all time. And it did not have to happen that way. This is not a withdrawal. This was a total surrender. This surrender for no reason. They weren't asking. We had them. I dealt with Abdul. He was the leader. I said, Abdul, anything happens, we are going to rain terror upon you. It will be a terrible thing. Don't touch our American citizens. Don't ever come to our country. Don't ever come to our country. 
And you're going to continue fighting your civil war. I can't do that. They've been fighting it for hundreds of years. That's what they do is they fight. And they're good fighters. But I had a good relationship other than that one statement. I said, after I said that, I said, now let's get down to business. And we had a conditions-based agreement. And they didn't meet the first two conditions. And we hit them hard. And then they met them. And then they had a couple of other conditions that they were ready to meet. And then we had a rigged election, and we had a new president. And the new president came into office, and he dropped to his knees, and he said, come on in and take everything that we have. This is a disgraceful thing, the most embarrassing thing that we've ever seen in this country. There's never been an embarrassment. And the nations of the world, both friend and foe, are looking at us and saying, what the hell happened so quickly to the United States of America? They can't believe it. They can't believe it. The equipment that they've got is the most sophisticated military equipment in the world. He surrendered our air base. He surrendered our weapons. He surrendered our embassy. They spent a billion dollars building this ridiculous embassy. And he abandoned our great American citizens. They're over right now. They have no idea. Remember this, the Taliban's tough. And they don't respect our country, and they don't respect our president. It's not good. They're over there now, and they don't know what's going to happen, our citizens. Joe Biden was going on vacation as Afghanistan was going to hell. And this is what you get when you have weakness in the White House. You can't have weakness in the White House. They have to respect your president. When I was president, we only had strength. Man, don't you miss talk like that. Donald Trump coming at you. And I miss it. I miss his speeches. I miss I miss our American strength. Honestly, it's it's dearly missed at this point. And you know, who's left with the consequences of this? It's not us. No, not us. I mean, we'll, we'll feel effects. Things could, things could come down the road. There could be, you know, there could be terrorist attacks. I, I'm not the type to stoke fear, but, um, you know, it's the Afghan people. We, we abandoned them. This was an abandonment, abandonment. We, we abandoned our own people. This is just disgusting. Um, I'm hoping some of the Democrats see this, the left sees this, because even CNN is actually somehow, a few people on CNN are calling it for what it is, which it's a disgrace, it's horrifying, and it needs serious attention. These are the consequences of elections. When weak people are voted in, this is what you get. You get no respect. Trump, Trump could just say things and get respect. Didn't even have to act. I mean, it's 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 amazing what a true leader can do. It really is. So I'm gonna take a quick break here. I'm gonna leave you with some uh, some some clips here, some some comedy clips while I get together the uh, the next segment. The next segment, by the way, that's why the comedy clip is about is about truth and lying. You know, it seems like we're just constantly getting lied to. Biden saying we're gonna be straight up with you people. I told you. We'll be straight up with you. Well, uh, well, all I'm hearing is lies. I haven't, and, and, and lies, and, and also, where's Kamala? Kamala said, we're going to be deeply involved. I, I told Joe that we would be deeply, deeply involved together in every decision. She is running for the hills to get away from this guy. Holy crap, what a stain on her political career, this guy. Man. But yeah, here's a quick uh, funny clip about lying <laughs> and uh we'll get into uh trying to explain how can we decipher some of these some of these lies and and how can we try to search for the truth because right now the truth is out there and intelligent conversations are happening but it's funny because you actually have to pay for them now there's these media outlets like the daily wire and their subscription-based models and they're they're really successful because there is now a market there's a market for the truth can you imagine in journalism there's a new open market for truth and intelligence and facts because people are sick of the fake news being misled and being straight up lied to right to their face as Joe Biden does in pretty much every press conference it's Jen Psaki, all of his 
all of his uh you know uh little uh minions you know the joe biden minions um so yeah i mean it's amazing that the market that's coming up and that's where rhode island reds is trying to go i mean long-term goals you know we're starting small but rhode island reds media if you haven't heard we're going to be launching our website very soon we're going to have blogs and content that is going to be amazing we can't wait for that release but yeah here's a funny clip and we'll lead on to the next segment I do sometimes lie up here. I'm not proud of it. But sometimes we all have to lie. Like, even when I tell my children not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. Some people are like, you should never lie to a child. And those people don't have kids. Because when you have kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? <laughs> I'm not encouraging lying. I'm just saying there are times when you need to, right? Like, if you're late to meet someone and you see that they're already angry and you don't have an excuse, you, you have to lie. Because <laughs> if you told that person the truth, they would never speak to you again. You can't be like, hey, I gotta come clean. I just couldn't motivate to get going. <laughs> I mean, eventually I could. What I'm trying to say is I don't value your time. <laughs> I've identified there are two times when it's socially acceptable to lie. To spare someone's feelings, it's okay to lie. It's also okay to lie to cover up a murder. <laughs> Allow me to explain. When we discover someone's a murderer, we also learn they've done some fibbing. But we tend to focus on the murder part. You never hear, I'm angry he killed that guy, but frankly, I'm more upset about the lying. It's the dishonesty that bothers me. Some trust has been broken. Speaking of lying murderers, I watch a lot of Dateline. I don't want to brag. Some other winners out there. If you're unfamiliar or you have a life, Dateline <laughs> is a news magazine show, like 60 Minutes, but at one point, Dateline just went all in on murder. <laughs> and it's usually spousal murder. Like, if you watch Dateline, it appears most marriages end in murder. <laughs> Every episode starts the same. They had the perfect marriage. <laughs> But you know someone's getting killed. <laughs> a husband, a wife, sometimes they'll get someone else to kill their spouse, which seems impersonal. It's like, you took a vow, do it yourself. <laughs> anyway, I was watching this one episode of Dateline about this guy who murdered his wife. It was gruesome. I was watching with my wife on our anniversary. <laughs> my wife didn't care. I mean, she wasn't thrilled I was taking notes. What are you writing down? This guy's just sloppy. It's like he's trying to get caught. If anything, this guy's plan was foolproof. What he did on his anniversary is he threw a party for him and his wife, and they invited all their friends so that they could see how happy they were. And then the next morning, he took his wife fishing. He rented a boat, he brought a cooler, some tackle, three concrete blocks, and a tarp. <laughs> you know, for fishing. And he would have gotten away with the whole thing. But three months after his wife disappeared at sea, he got engaged to a stripper, which is kind of suspicious. And to celebrate their engagement, they dropped acid, as tradition would have. And while tripping on acid, he admitted the whole thing to his fiance. And she turned him in because she didn't appreciate the dishonesty. And as the episode ended, all I could think is, I'm a terrific husband. <laughs> I've never even thought of murdering my wife. Well, I've never made plans to murder my wife. Well, I don't own concrete blocks. I can see some of you are like, Jim, I don't like the murder jokes. I don't like them. But wouldn't it be great if in a week you learned I was a murderer? 
because then you could brag. You could be like, oh my gosh, we were at a, the taping for a special. <laughs> and he had all these jokes on murder. <laughs> were they good? Not really, no. <laughs> he was better at murder than comedy. If you know me, I would do anything for my wife. And that's part of my alibi. No. Oh, Jim Gaffigan. What a funny guy. Clean comedy, too. That's that's tough these days. That's tough not swearing, not being too cruel. It's, uh, it's quite the art. The guy is hilarious. My mother's favorite comedian because he's so clean. I tried to make a clean show for you, Mom. She was uh she was mad at all the swearing I've been doing lately. So hopefully this one wasn't too bad. But yeah, going back to the lying subject, um I, I just have been noticing like it's it's actually easier than we think. These people are master deceivers and they're just such great liars. I mean, I'd call them better liars than they are politicians. I think we can all agree. But they're such great liars. And here we are um today if you're not listening to it on the 22nd, today is the day oh, someone's calling. Today is the day that Hurricane Henry hit, right? Rhode Island's big hurricane was supposed to come, right? And I'm listening to the to the news on it, and the governor of Rhode Island's talking, oh, Category 1, high winds, blah, 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 trying to stoke fear into people, as usual, hyping up everything. Even said, oh, I just got off the phone with President Biden. Like, I think we got bigger fish, fish to fry. If President Biden's on the phone with you with what's going on in Afghanistan right now. That's ridiculous. But the governor was bragging about being on the phone with Biden and blah, blah, blah. And what I, I, had, this, I had this feeling, I had this premonition. I'm like, this is bullshit. There is no way this storm is going to be bad. It's not going to be that bad. But they're hyping up everything is fear now. So if you haven't noticed, fear is what controls. It's the best tactic psychologically. Fear is what controls. So if anyone outside of like your family or or uh, anyone pretty much an outside influence TV media, if anyone puts any type of fear into you, even me, there there is it, it's like if I'm trying to always put fear into you like the news is, that means I'm trying to just like drill some narrative into you, right? I, we're more for entertainment purposes, but if you're getting any fear from those big companies, that is the system for control. So as soon as I saw this hurricane and all this stuff, and they're even bringing COVID into it, the funniest thing they're like, they're like, oh, if you have a COVID bunker, make sure you're social distancing and taking COVID protocols. Like, I'm going to give a shit if a hurricane is running through my house, if I'm in my basement or something about COVID. Like, stop. So the more I see this fear, the more I I, I just kind of paid real close attention to him. And then he, like, said something kind of moderate about it. And, and he, like, kind of lackadaisically. And I said, oh, this, this guy, this guy's not concerned about this. He knows it's not going to be bad. He's just trying to keep people under fear keep them under that control so i knew the storm wasn't gonna be bad because i can kind of start i'm starting to see through the lies and i'm sure a lot of you out there can do the same and i knew this wasn't gonna be bad it wasn't bad you know oh a couple trees fell big deal you know so just pay attention to the fear and lies the fear mongering it is ridiculous out there but i gotta go i I, you know it's it's coming on an hour and plus i gotta take a shit you know who knows if i'm lying or not on that Use your new uh, lying skills on that one. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to run and uh, give you some of the usual outro music. Here we go. When I pretend Exactly like what you had always wanted to see When I pretend I can forget about the criminal I am Stealing second after second just cause I know I can But I can't pretend this is the way it'll stay I'm just trying to bend the truth I can't pretend I'm who you want me to be So I'm Talk of who I ought to be Remember listening to all of that And this again So I pretended up a person who was fitting in And now you think 
this person really is me and I'm trying to bend the truth The more I push, the more I'm pulling away Cause I'm That's a wrap for Rhode Island Reds, the podcast. You take care out there, Rhode Island. And please pray for Afghanistan. Sincerely, pray for those people. They need it.